0: Did you set any New Year's resolutions for 2023? And do any of your goals include getting stronger and fitter, or losing a few pounds, or spending more time with friends and family? Well, if you answered yes to any of these, then chances are becoming a joyful eater is exactly what you're looking for. Because becoming a joyful eater means we're looking at you as a whole person. It's about being healthy, strong, and fit. It's about having a healthy relationship with food and a positive body image and cultivating healthy, real, supportive relationships. And in part two of this two part series, I'm going to be sharing with you the pillars and the practices. You need to become a joyful eater. So if this is something you want for 2023, for this new year, well, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang. And this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss. To create deep health and feel empowered to live the life you want you're in the right place episode number 155 well hi there Amy here thank you so much for joining me today so as we look into the new year if you are in goal-setting and planning mode this is a really good episode for you to be listening to. So if this is your first time checking out this podcast, after you listen to this episode and part one, so this is part two of Becoming a Joyful Eater, after you've listened to these, I want you to go back and listen to episodes one, two, and three, because there's a lot of really important stuff there that I want you to understand as you move forward. Okay. So in part one of becoming a joyful eater, I talked about the five eating personas. So they are fearful, the fearful eater, the unconscious eater, the conscious eater, the intuitive eater, and then the joyful eater. And the reason why I wanted to really spell out what those five different eating personas are. And I would say, actually, even in terms of looking at things like your relationship with food, there's there's a hierarchy, an ascension ladder, if you will. So I am operating under the assumption that as you listen to those five eating personas, you would rather be a joyful eater than an unconscious eater. So if you're not clear on what those are, I would definitely recommend that you go back and listen to part one to get a better feel for that. But in a nutshell, the fearful eater is someone who actually has an eating disorder. So this is someone, if you have bulimia or anorexia nervosa, that relationship with food and with your body and with probably uh, friends and family, especially family, can be fraught, fraught with peril. A lot of fear, a lot of anger, a lot of control going on in that relationship, in those relationships. So that's an eating disorder. When we talk about the unconscious eater and the conscious eater, Now we're talking about disordered eating. So a lot of those behaviors that you see in someone who has an eating disorder may show up, but it's not at the same intensity level. And the thought process behind it is different as well. And the emotions that come with it are different as well. So an unconscious eater would be someone who eats mindlessly, as an example, or turns to comfort food, right? Where a lot of times you may be watching TV, you may be bored, you may be upset, and you're eating in a way to soothe the emotions, but you're not really paying attention to what else your body might be telling you. So you're eating at this unconscious level. A conscious eater is someone who can be very careful about what they're eating. So I tend to, well, when I think about conscious eaters and the careful eaters that I've known, there's a lot of fitness professionals that fall into that category. And then people with a history of dieting, if you're tracking points or calories, if you're really paying close attention to macros, that falls into that careful conscious eater category. And then we move into intuitive eating. So intuitive eating now is really much more about healing your relationship with food. It's a self-care eating framework. And one of the principles, one of the tenets of intuitive eating is to let go of a lot of the messages that we get from diet culture, where the size and shape of your body are tied so closely to how you feel about yourself. And so as a result, what does that do to our relationship with things like food, with exercise, with the people around us where maybe you've got some food pushers in your life or worse, the food police. So the thing with intuitive eating though is that In letting go of or rejecting, I should say, the diet culture, there's also this idea that you cannot focus on intentional weight loss, that your body will find its own natural weight. And while I believe a lot of that is true and is supported by evidence I also know that as human beings who want to grow and who want to learn, we want to set goals and then achieve them. So one of your goals may in fact be to lose some weight so that you can be healthier. So this is another thing in intuitive eating that I know I struggled with was this idea around a healthy weight. And it was something that I had several conversations with Evelyn Triboli about where there really was a lot of pushback on the concept of a healthy weight. So that's a whole nother conversation. But one thing I do want to make clear here is that whatever that number is that may, you may be seeking, okay, I want to be clear here, we cannot control that kind of outcome so that would be like a performance goal that would be like which team is going to win a particular basketball game we don't get to control that outcome we only get to control what we do we can create conditions that support that outcome and this is where things like instead of setting goals first we want to set our intentions and then let those intentions drive our goals okay so What I want to do when I talk about becoming a joyful eater, we are looking at the whole person. So whatever method, whatever actions we take are not going to be at the expense of some other aspect of your life. That's really important. So we're looking at the whole person. Okay. Now, when the, the other reason I wanted to go through those different uh, eating personas is to really, I want to help you understand how it is that we learn. And so if you were to imagine a two by two matrix, okay, where along, let's say the Y axis, we're looking at unconscious versus conscious. Those words sound familiar. Along the x axis, we're looking at incompetent versus competent. So when you think about learning a new skill, I always like to use tennis as an example because I'm taking tennis lessons. When you first start out, you don't even know what you don't know. So if I look at the game of tennis, I can watch people surf, but I, For example, I had no idea what it meant to toss the ball for a serve. Didn't know what I didn't know. So at that point, I'm in the unconscious and incompetent box of the 2 by 2 As I go through my lessons, I become conscious of my incompetence. So This may very well, when we talk about eating, be someone who um, is an emotional eater and gets triggered but really doesn't know how to stop, doesn't have a, a good feel for what the triggers are and what to do when we are triggered, which, again, I'm talking in terms of skill. So we're going to talk about different practices to put in place to move along that that learning curve, if you will. So as you proceed, you go from being unconscious and incompetent to conscious but still incompetent to, with practice, conscious and competent. And this is where I think we start moving into the conscious eater and the intuitive eater. And then where we want to wind up is in that unconscious and competent level. And that would be, as an example, I'm not going to use tennis, I think an easier one to understand might be just walking. Think about a little kid learning how to walk versus you today, you don't even have to think about walking. Unless something were to happen and you need to relearn how to walk. So those are the different eating personas, and then when we talk about becoming a joyful eater, well, I think that when we look at someone who's a conscious eater, what ends up happening is we're really focused on only one of the four pillars that I'm going to talk about. So when we talk about becoming a joyful eater, first, the outcomes right, that you can look forward to if you're consistently practicing what I'm going to talk about are being healthy, strong and fit, having a healthy relationship with food, having a positive body image, and having real supportive friends and family. Okay, so this is all about being happy and healthy. So when you look at a joyful eater, there are four pillars that we're going to look at. Nourish, love, gratitude, and trust. So when I owned Pacific Heights Health Club, I would say that we primarily focused on the very first pillar I'm going to talk about, and that's to nourish. And when you listen to personal trainers and I am one, (laughs) one of the things that you hear them talk about are the pillars of health, of fitness. And so we'll talk about nutrition. We talk about exercise. We may talk about sleep. We'll definitely talk about hydration. And then sometimes we'll talk about mindset. So those are the five pillars that you hear trainers talk about. Now. When I talk about nourish. I really want you to think about. We're going from. Kind of abusing our body. To caring for it. So abuse would be. Things like. Um, the ketogenic diet. Where if you don't have a medical reason. For not eating carbs, then if you're actually cutting out fruits and vegetables from your diet, you are not giving your body what it needs. If we're talking about restricting calories where you're sub 1,000 calories a day, that's really abusing our body. That's, if we're not drinking enough water, right? All of those things are not about caring if you were looking at someone who you truly love and care about what would you give them what would you do to support them so a lot here when we talk about nourish is in sort of addressing your physiological needs food water shelter those kinds of things and then actually moving up maslow's hierarchy of needs okay Now, what I'm trying to emphasize here is that what I described as pillars are really, maybe they're sub-pillars, if you will, okay? Because nourish is only one of the four pillars of becoming a joyful eater. The other three are trust, gratitude, and love. So let me dig a little deeper into each one of these. When I talk about love, there are three practices that we want to think about. Acceptance, boundaries, and compassion. So when we talk about acceptance, right, I think in terms of like instead of disparaging, we're cherishing what we have. And acceptance is about you are already Enough. You're already good enough, just as you are. You are worthy of love, of feeling better, right? Of feeling good, as a matter of fact. And then when I talk about boundaries, this is about knowing and being clear about what your wants, needs, and preferences are, and being able to communicate what those are with loved ones, as well as standing up for yourself. And then, when I talk about compassion, this is really about coming from a place where, well, none of us are perfect. And the struggle that you experience in life is one where you can see you're not alone. So there's this common humanity aspect to it. And you come from a place where, when you see that kind of suffering, You actually want to help. It's not about judgment. So when we talk about love, I'm talking about those three practices and what you can do to support your plans, your intentions for the kind of person you want to be through those practices of acceptance, healthy boundaries, and compassion. Okay. The third pillar that I talked about was gratitude. And so gratitude, I think, really ties into that mindset piece. And so much of our power, when you talk about empowerment, comes from gratitude. So when you look at your life, there are three practices I want to talk about here. It's to review, to reframe, and to reclaim. So when you look at what's going on in your life, are you looking at it through the lens of judgment or discernment? Are you able to see the bigger picture, the context? Are you clear on what your perspective is and what someone else's perspective might be? So that's when we're reviewing it. And then do you see what happens as problems? Do you see what happens as failures, or do you see what happens as challenges and opportunities to learn? And so when we do those practices of review, reframe, and reclaim, this is where we get our power back. This is where we focus on what we can control and we're able to take action from that place of What are my intentions? Where do I want to go? How am I going to get there? Okay. And then the fourth pillar that I think is so important is trust. This is about trusting our body. It's about trusting our biology. And what we want to do is go from ignoring to honoring. And the way we do that is through practices that strengthen our awareness So what is it that your body is actually telling you, those signals? Attunement. So this is where you're accurately interpreting what's going on. And hunger is probably the easiest one. Well, actually hunger and sleep are two that are really helpful, is to know when you're tired and to actually then honor that you're tired by resting. So alignment would be the third practice. So just to recap now, the four pillars and the practices that support becoming a joyful eater are, number one, to nourish. And the practices that go with that are to understand what you want to do, why you want to do it, and how you want to go about doing it. Number two is love. And the practices are around acceptance, boundaries, and compassion third pillar is gratitude. Here we want to focus on review, reframe, and reclaim. And then number four is trust. And here we want to practice awareness, attunement, and alignment. All right? So I was going to talk about the principles of deep health and becoming a joyful eater today, but I think What I've covered already is plenty. (laughs) So I will devote an entire episode to talking about the principles at a later point in time. Right? So if you have any questions, if you would like some coaching on where to start or what practices to focus on first, what habits you may want to focus on first, Feel free to go to my website and click on or select or tap or whatever you want to call it. Go to my website, go to work with Amy and schedule a mini coaching session. All right. So I want to wrap things up today with a quote by Deepak Chopra. The healthiest response to life is joy. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen clu dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember... Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.